Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mitch. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you're joining us this morning or have forgotten, we have been going through the book of Jeremiah. In the first two weeks of Jeremiah, Murray and I did a, a live banter with us chatting. Last week, we went into the depths of Jeremiah's soul and the laments he did. And now, this Sunday and for the following ones, we're going to look at some of the synax of Jeremiah, the dramatic acts he did to teach his prophetic message. Now, today we're going to look at the first one called the linen belt. Um, one of the things I've been reflecting on this week is clothing. Now, clothes often represent function. If you see there in the picture, those different items represent a function in life. Obviously, we have the wedding dress, obviously got the tradies clothes, and then lastly, got the school uniform. That is a function. When you put on those clothes, you're saying, this is the role that I am doing right now now. But clothes are deeper than just merely function, because if clothes were just a a, a function, why would we pick different types of colours? Why would we pick different types of material? In a deeper level, clothing represents our identity. And you can tell a lot about a person by the type of clothes they wear. If you are the type of guy here on the left picture that just wears trackies, or a flanny, what does that say about your personality? Lumberjack, yes. Well, I was going to say relaxed, chilled. Your lumberjack works. Is that a personality, lumberjack? Oh, lumberjack personality. Let's go with that. Or if you're more the lady on the right, that you wear the more stylish clothing. It says something about you that your identity is about formality. Our clothes have a function, but they also have an identity. And believe it or not, Scripture has a bit of a theology about clothing. And if we go back to the garden, um, oh, we can go back one more, we see that with the first man and woman, they began with no clothing. Then when they committed the first sin, God, in an act of mercy to cover their shamefulness, gives them clothes. And it comes up, comes up multiple times, clothing, but what we're going to focus on today is that picture on the right for a moment. Who is that? on the right. Aaron, yeah, high priest. And what's he wearing? What type of clothes is he uh, he wearing? Priest, yeah. And so what does that say? What's, what's, there's a function there. He's a priest. There's an identity. Now, kind of keep that image in the back of your mind. So we're going to unpack that a little bit later. So we go to the next slide. Okay, so we know this guy is a priest and he's wearing clothing. And we're told here, and I'm sure the book of Leviticus is people's favourite go-to book in the Bible, but there's this big description about the priest's clothes. And you'll see here it says he's to put on the sacred linen tunic. Keep that word linen. Listen to that. With linen undergarments next to his body. He's to tie the linen sash around him. And he's to put on, a, or put on the linen term, turban. Okay? What's the material of the priest's garments? What material is it? Linen. Linen. That's the answer. Linen. He's wearing linen, okay? Now, 
This all, this all leads to something. I'm not just giving you random facts for no reason. This is all background to what's going to come later. Okay, so the priest wears linen garments. And then the next slide, please. So while the Israelites had a set of priests, all the nation of Israel were called to be priests. Exodus 19, God says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Okay? Okay, with all that background, we've got what were the garments made of? What type of material? Linen. And what's Israel's role? Priests. Kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Okay, with that in mind... I'm going to do something very, very unusual in church. I'm going to speak. I'm going to preach without speaking because God speaks loudest in the silence. What is all that about? Jeremiah 13. As, as the reader, we know exactly what Jeremiah is doing, but I want you guys at that moment to be his audience. If you flick on to the next slide, please. What do you think is the meaning of Jeremiah's silence? What, what do you think was going on there? What do you think I was, what was I actually doing? What was I reenacting? What do anyone think? Can anyone guess? Make them dirty, yeah, yeah. Make them dirty. That's good. You can imagine Jeremiah going off and doing something similar to that. You think, what is he doing? Remember I said before, God speaks loudest in the silence. Okay, I'm going to read out the scripture that God spoke to Jeremiah. Now, hopefully, hopefully it will help make a bit more understanding of what I just did. So Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 1, if we can flick on to those verses. It's a, that's the linen belt, by the way. It's a picture of that. So let's read here. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy a linen belt and put it around your waist, but do not let it, do not let it touch water. So I bought a belt, as the Lord directed, and put it around my waist. Then the word of the Lord came to me a second time, take the belt you have bought you are wearing around your waist and now go to Pera and hide it there in a crevice in the rocks. So I went and hid it at Pera as the Lord told me. Many days later, the Lord said to me, now go to Pera and get the belt that I told you to hide there. So I went to Pera and dug up the belt and took it from the place where I'd hidden it. But now it was ruined and completely useless." Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord says. In the same way, I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. These wicked people who refuse to listen to my words and who follow the stubbornness of their hearts and go after other gods to serve and worship them will be like this belt, completely useless. For as a belt is bound around the waist, so I bound all the people of Israel and all the people of Judah to me, declares the Lord, to be my people for my renown and praise and honour, but they have not listened. Knowing the words that God spoke to Jeremiah, it makes sense. But being the original audience, seeing this dude walk out by a linen belt, buy some underwear, 
Walk out, go and bury it and dig it up and hold it out to the people. It's weird. It's unusual. But when you have a people that are so hard and their ears have heard judgment after judgment after judgment, it's actually in the silence that God speaks loudest. Seeing some dude bury his underwear and dig it up, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? And that's what God is trying to do here. He's trying to speak into the heart of the people for them to realize You are like this linen belt. You are completely and utterly useless because of the pride that is in your life. Now, I remember before I asked the questions about what the priests would do. And remember, what's the function of clothing? Remember the words we used at the beginning? Clothes have a what? A, A function and an identity. And what did it mean to be an Israelite? What were they called to be? Priests. There's no accident here that Jeremiah is called to get a linen belt. He's there representing what the people of God were supposed to be. They were supposed to be a kingdom, a priest, and a holy nation. To point everyone around them, all the nations that didn't know Yahweh, to his truth. The truth of his word. But they weren't doing that. It's interesting that the word bound around like around the waist, it's actually the same that's used in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, to describe marriage. A man is united with his wife. Hebrew word there, dabak, it's a clinging to. Actually, when you pull that apart, it actually causes damage. This symbolizes what Jeremiah is trying to highlight by wearing this linen belt most intimate part of your body, your underwear is very intimate. Don't get more intimate than wearing underwear. By taking off, the Israelites aren't fulfilling the function that they were called to be. Now, I've got a question up there. It says, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human? That's a big, deep question. And in Googling that, came up with a whole bunch of answers. To be human means to have freedom, to be yourself. means recognizing your strengths and weaknesses. Be true to your dreams. Learn from your mistakes and grow. But from a biblical perspective, to be human is to be an image bearer. Someone that represents God's characteristics in your life. It's the point of going back to the scriptures, Exodus 19, being kingdom of priests, God's treasured possession, the idea of the priest wearing linen, Jeremiah's linen belt, all of that, it's pointing to a deeper level. What does it mean to be human? It means to be an image bearer of God. And when you fail to do that, you are like that linen belt, buried in the ground for days, come useless. It's no good to anyone. Didn't matter how new that belt was, the fact that Jeremiah didn't wash it, it's a strange way of saying, you know, make sure this thing's undefiled. This is a brand new linen belt. Doesn't matter how new it is, buried in the ground becomes useless. The similar too, if you're a human being that's not bound around God, you become useless. It's a powerful message. Imagine, imagine this crazy prophet who's been prophesying for who knows how long, buying a belt, burying it, and digging it up. 
and just holding it out there. It's like, this is what you are like. It's a powerful sign. God does speak loudest in the silence. And the sin that God identifies with the people is pride. Uh, a lot of Christian commentators have a lot to say about pride. have a whole bunch of quotes there. Gregory the Great, pride is the root of all evil, which it is said as Scripture bears witness. Pride is the beginning of all sin. St. Augustine, pride is the beginning of sin. And what is pride but the craving of undue exhalation? And then this undue exaltation, when the soul abandons him to whom it ought to cleave as its end and becomes a kind of end to itself. Interesting, he uses the word cleave there which is an older way of saying like bound or joined together. Thomas Aquinas, pride denotes aversion from God simply through being unwilling to be subject to God and his rule. And C.S. Lewis, the essential vice, the utmost evil is pride, unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil Pride leads to every other vice. It is completely anti-God state of mind. Get the idea? Pride isn't good. All these Christian teachers from past recognize that there is a danger to pride. And it's not just Christian teachers. It's that it's secular wisdom. In fact, there's psychologists who say that pride is a source of poor moral judgment, results in negative behaviour, because those who are proud, they are striving to show off how good they are to people around them, and that leads to outcomes such as adopting strategies that make you more angry, hostile, aggressive, disagreeable. Usually those who are proud, they have a negative emotional state. Universally, pride is seen as this terrible thing in people's lives. This is what God has identified, the, the nation of Israel, in their pride. They thought that they could take off their belt, in a metaphorical way, from God. That they could live by themselves. But in reality, all their pride makes them is a useless belt, covered in dirt. It's not good for anything. And the Proverbs, too, they recognize the danger of pride. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge is of the Holy One is understanding. That's the antidote to pride, fear. If you fear God, or probably a better translation is awe, fear implies this like, I don't know, like fear is a bit of a negative thing. Awe gives us a better understanding of God. Awe is awe of the Lord. That's the antidote to pride. Because what does the Proverbs say? The Lord detests all the proud in heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honour. I said before, there's... Israel said they're called to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In a similar way, too, as Christians, we carry that calling. First Peter, he, he references that scripture when he writes his letter to the church. We, as Christ's followers, are called to have that role, too, to be a priest, to point people to Jesus. 
to show the world around us what it means to be a Christian. And if clothes have a function and identity, what type of clothes are you wearing? What type of clothes are wrapped around you? St. Augustine, he said, if it was pride that changed angels into devils, it's humility that makes men as angels. Friends, today it's easy to be proud. So you think, oh, I don't really need God in my life. Perhaps I can get away, you know, not praying about this, not discerning what he wants, kind of living my own life, kind of having this sort of following Lord, but also doing my own thing. What Jeremiah's silent sign act does, it cuts through the noise, it cuts through the chatter, and makes us reflect as he holds up this dirty, broken belt. This is the end result of what happens if you reject God. But friends, as the early church recognized, and church throughout history, if you can swallow your pride and have humility, humility makes men as angels. Or as John Christopherson said, for just as pride is the root of all sin, so humility is the root, the mother nurse, foundation, and bond of all virtue. Well, as Proverbs 22.4 says, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honour and life. Now is a good time for a moment of some self-reflection and just have a question there on the screen. What clothing is bound to you? What clothing is wrapped around you? Is it a linen garment of God, of being able to live in the purposes that God has created us, to be image bearers, to be that kingdom of priests, to be that holy nation, so as people can say, there's something different about you, something different about this God that you worship? Or is it the clothing that pushes you away from God? Is it a clothing that may give you the impression of freedom and life, In the end, it's just like a dirty, broken belt that has no purpose, that has no life. This is what's the danger about pride. It's what's so sinister about it. It often can blind us until it's too late. So, friends, now we're going to pause for a bit, have a moment of quiet reflection in prayer. I'm going to invite the band up, and at the appropriate moment, we'll get the band to lead us in a song. I want you now to reflect upon the clothing that is bound around you, and what clothes you need to strip off, what clothes that you need to put back on in order to live with the purposes that God has intended for you.
Yeah, Lord God. So we've just read through Jeremiah's message as we've seen a reenactment of what he did all those years ago. We recognize, Lord, that for us to have life, we want to live in the purposes and function that you called us to. We need to be bound around you. Jeremiah's message was simple. And Lord, sometimes it's the simple things that are the most difficult to live and to be obedient to. So, Lord, I pray for all of us to be people that are bound closely to you, to be wrapped around you like that linen belt, Lord, to recognize that without you, we have no life, we have no function, we have truly no identity because it's in you that we have life. Lord, I pray you just take away the things that hold us back, the clothing, Lord, that doesn't reflect what you want or our purposes in our lives. So, Spirit, I pray you just come through us now, change us, renew us, and refine us. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.